Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast preview show with Regan and Brett. Wow, all ready for the second weekend of fixtures. Second weekend, it feels like it has gone incredibly quickly. Don't know yeah. why. Just, just maybe just one of them weeks. Mm, definitely so. Blinking, you would have missed what's happened this week. Like it feels like it has gone quick at times. Um, but before we get talking into the fixtures that we have this weekend, UEFA have this afternoon, as a time of recording, released the Player of the Year nominations and Coach of the Year nominations. So we'll just have a quick scan through and we'll tell you our thoughts. So for the UEFA Player of the Year, the nominations are Kevin De Bruyne of Manchester City, N'Golo Kante of Chelsea and Jorginho of Chelsea. What are your thoughts on them three being the finalists? Correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first time we've had an all-Premier League three? I do think so, yeah. Well, it must have happened at least once. It just feels like it's been an incredibly long time since it actually last happened. Oh, 100%. It's been a long time since it last happened, if it has happened at all before. Um, maybe 2007-8 season when Man United beat Chelsea. That could have been like an all Premier League final there, as they were obviously two European finalists in that tournament. So that's my logical thinking, as those two teams were the finalists in this year's uh, Champions League. Just hmm. that's a, so. Just what are your thoughts on each? De Bruyne, I guess, is sort of one of the obvious ones. Mm. Like he has been complete a day, just the Man City's best player in a group of amazing players yeah. on high extortion transfers <laughs> yeah 100% agree and then I think he's just such a good talent to this Man City squad like he really improves them I mean you look at how they did um, the weekend before he came on against Spurs they were really bad and then the last 20 minutes or so when he came on he did seem to be the difference maker for that Pep Guardiola side and it was definitely case some point a lot of last season he was the main man for Man City yeah it just feels like they do miss something with him in mm. like, like, that should never be the case considering the amount of talent they have but he does yeah. offer more so if you want personal takes that I don't think he's winning this I just, I'd oh, no. be very unfair if he won it, considering he was injured for the majority of the last year. And a part of the losing finalists as well. So that's another reason why he shouldn't win it. But I, and I see, I never think the actual team honours comes into it. Yes, it should just be strictly individuals. For me, the winner yeah, is true. pretty obvious, and it is Mr. Angolo, Angolo, Conte, Angolo, Angolo, Conte. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, he had a great final. Don't get me wrong, and he's been one of Chelsea's best players under the Thomas Tuchel. But I don't think it's actually as clear and obvious as that. I think Jorginho oh, is, uh, is going to give him a... No, I actually think Jorginho is going to give him a good run for his money for uh, this title. So because but France went out the last 16, Jorginho wins it then, does <laughs> No, but I think... It's definitely definitely not a clear 
run at the money thing for uh, N'Golo Kante, but I do expect Kante to win it. Hmm. Well, either one, big Kante should win it. Mm. As good as Jorginho is, but Jorginho is more crucial to Italy, I think, than he was for Chelsea. Yeah, and I think that's probably why he's on this list because of how much he did for Italy during the Euros. Uh, as the tournament progressed, he just seemed to be that main key player. I mean, the cool calmness and the penalties, apart from, obviously apart from the one against England, which he missed. But I think he was really crucial to Italy in that tournament. And that's why I think he's definitely going to give Kante a run for his money. But I do think you are right in saying that N'Golo will win it. Looking online now, it's obviously a very mixed opinion amongst people, but there is an image going around of Jorginho's stats in the Champions League and Euro 2020, which have mm. at least half of his stats in both competitions. He was either top-ranked or second, at least. <sighs> Jesus. So, maybe there's a chance you could say... Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I think but every football fan would want Kante to have that really, mm. I think. I just I just feel like yeah, I feel like Jorginho is a bit underappreciated though, because there's a lot of talk after the Champions League final of him potentially being on their list or potentially even winning the Ballon d'Or this year and although that might be a bit far fetched I just think, why are people absolutely ruling him out? Like, he is a good player and he's really crucial to what Italy did in this Euros and was a really key part of Thomas Tuchel's uh, Champions League run to the final and eventually winning the trophy. Like you said, them stats you just provided with us. It's it's really it's incredible. Stats that Twitter I just provided, don't know why. I just merely relate. I just don't know why people seem to hate on him so much. I don't know. I've never really understood it myself. I'm coming from the outside of you. I never understand it. Georgina mm. offers what he does in that role pretty well. But I personally believe Kansai does it better. Yeah, I think it's maybe because of... I don't know why it is. I, I can't think of anything myself. But I definitely do think it's going to be one of them two that wins it. Uh, on to the men's coach of the year now. The nominations are Pep Guardiola of Manchester City, Roberto Mancini of the Italy national team, and Thomas Tuchel of Chelsea. Now, again... I don't think Pep Guardiola is going to win this despite winning the league and Carabao Cup with Manchester City I don't think Guardiola wins this trophy at all I don't know I still think this one's slightly up in the air given they're all kind of even you've got the Premier League winner yeah. the Champions League winner and the Euros mm. winner and Super Cup don't forget the Super Cup with two Who cups cares? got to count every trophy. Um, if we're counting this, our best race. Yeah, I mean, there is only one winner in my eye. 
Roberto Mancini. Yeah. Decide who turns up as best dressed on the night. Each person should dress up eloquently on the night and then from there we decide the winner of who's best dressed. <laughs> Jesus. What, and that yes. wins coach of the year just on yes. he's the best dressed. Fuck it, just scrap the awards in James. All these press just, conferences. Just scrap the awards again. Just make it Monaco Fashion Week or whatever it is they do the, the like awards. I don't know. <laughs> Um, again, it's probably going to be virtually done because of COVID still. So I also think it's it, Switzerland instantly that want to they say do that that stuff, not again. Monica. Yeah. Mm. Um, just having a look at the quick poll that the Champions League uh, Twitter page put out. They do have uh, Thomas Tuchel currently leading uh, with over 30,000 votes done. Tuchel's on 53%, Mancini on 32 and Guardiola on If I was going to have a predicted winner, I would say Tuchel. Yeah, just what, what he's done in the eight months he's been in charge of Chelsea. Absolutely turned them around, got them playing great football, top four secured, went on to win the Champions League, has won the UEFA Super Cup. And I did say to you, after that Super Cup win, is he going to be nominated for Coach of the Year? And you said you weren't too I sure. I was trying to find a different option. UEFA do seem to agree I with me. I was trying to find a fourth mm. option, but I would understand that that's probably very hard to do. Yeah, it really is hard to try and find a fourth option out of the managers all out there. But I did say them three would be the uh, three. Apparently Steve Bruce wasn't qualified, but what do they know? He's only nominated for the first half of his performance. God damn it. <laughs> uh, right, let's turn our attention back to the Premier League as we have a full fixture card set for this week. And there's only one place where we can start. If, and that is, of course, at the Emirates Stadium on Sunday evening as Mikel Arteta's Arsenal welcome Thomas Tuchel and co to North London not going to be pretty this is it no well, well, how it feels, honest, it's not going to be pretty that's how it feels in the outside world because you know it's not like Chelsea have got a brand new weapon to showcase exactly 97 and a half million pound striker that they can just shove up top for the first time this season under the new management so yeah that's going to be frightening but bit of good news on Arsenal side Martin Odegaard back at the club permanently now and they've managed to sign a backup keeper in Aaron Ramsdale backup for keeper, 24 right? million the, trust me the prize they're paying for him he better be starting <laughs> oh he won't be though that's the thing let's be realistic it will still be burnt Leno in goal they have paid double what we did for Emmy Martinez, for Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, I'm just baffled by that whole situation. Like it Wait. just makes no sense whatsoever. Is it? How much they paid Odegaard again? Thirty was it? Uh, Thirty-four to thirty-five, I think. Okay, I personally think that's fair. But yeah. I, I didn't come away 
last season for Gijon. Martin Odegaard Arsenal should be all over that. I yeah, don't think he, he didn't I think blow the league last year. No. I think the main reason they've gone for Odegaard is because they haven't been able to try and get any deal done for James Madison. And I think Madison was probably their primary target this summer, but because Leicester have been so, I say stubborn, but uh, fixed on their asking price, they've realised actually Real Madrid are open to selling all but five of their players uh, this summer, as we reported previously, and Martin Odegaard was easier to get for him. Yeah, bit more of a shame that Real Madrid weren't willing to let go of a, uh, you know, top class centre back. But <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we're looking at Arsenal right now. What is it they need more than anything? A new manager. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, did you? I forgot to mention it on Monday's show, but did you see the stat um, in the second half of that game where they haven't won a single game that they've been losing at half time? Yeah, I did say that stat. Which is ridiculous. But whenever I see those stats, and, I go, um, I always, my reaction is literally always, well, you know what they're going to go and do now? <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe that's just when Villa play. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, this weekend. I mean, if I know it's only the first game, it's going to be a lot to ask for. But going on from uh, last weekend, both teams are going to have much better performances because Arsenal were diabolical against uh, Brentford and Chelsea had it easy against Crystal Palace. So you got to say, if we were just to go on last week alone, Chelsea could absolutely hammer. Arsenal here. I think hammering them is probably slightly too strong. I think yeah. Would people have said the same last year when they played? Uh, uh, maybe the what was the second result between them two last season? Was it under Tuchel? I can't, I can't remember. remember if the one of the Emirates was the second one or the first one. Hmm. But yeah, I think both teams for me definitely look. There's a lot more in this Chelsea team. I don't know whether because it is, uh, what do you call it, a more fluid Arsenal side. Uh, but yeah, I think, sorry, Chelsea side, I think they look more suited because the second meeting took place on the 12th of May, so second last game or uh, third last game of last season, and Arsenal won 1-0. But I just don't see it being the same t- this time round. No, like it's hard to see where Arsenal get a result from, given just how bad the first week was and the fact that they're playing a Chelsea team right now who are just on top of the world. Yeah. Right, um, elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend, it is not too many big games in terms of uh, looking at it on paper, but one that always seems to be interesting uh is Aston Villa Newcastle down the years it's always provided that bit of something um, obviously I expect your team are expecting a much better performance than you showed in the first half last week well we can hope so like, I don't mm. know what team wise at this moment we could put in Watkins hopefully he's back because he seemed like yeah. someone we were missing hopefully Leon Bailey starts it's, yeah 
The question with us is team shape. We looked better when we played three in midfield than when we had two in there. We were just overran. And every time we got countered, it was mm. just scary. So it's a good thing that we're not playing a very, very, very creative winger this weekend. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's hope St. Maximum, for your sake, doesn't have a brilliant half or brilliant 90 minutes like you did last week against West Ham. The only thing that would make me feel slightly at ease is that I, I kind of expect Ashley Young to start, given that he dealt with Saar better than Target did. Yeah, so you ex- so you're expecting Young to be in Target's position? I don't know if or... I expect it, but it could happen. Yeah. I agree. I don't think it would be too surprising considering, like you said, Matt Target struggles last week against his male Asar. So having someone who's capable to deal with that stuff, aka Ashley Young, uh, is definitely something to look uh, forward to and could be promising uh, for the Villa. Newcastle, you've just got to say, on their half, they've got to do much better in the second half. Yeah. Of games. It's seeing games out. That's going to be crucial for them. Mm. They've got everything else. Wilson will go for them the goals. They'll have Willock in. Right, right yeah. at the start, you would think. They just have to be on it defensively. Yeah, and last that for 90 minutes rather than just switch off at half-time thinking it's all easy for them. When, obviously, last week it was case in point that it wasn't going to be easy for them. No, they forgot they were coming against Declan Rice, Mikel Antonio, Thomas Suchek. Jared Bowen. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, elsewhere, I'd say the other big game this weekend is the early game on Sunday, which sees Wolverhampton Wanderers take on Tottenham Hotspur. It's a return to Molyneux for Nuno Espirito Santo. Yeah. Um, a lot of Hopefully welcoming back. Mm. But let's be honest, Nuno going back isn't the talking point, though, is it? As much as it really should no. be. But we all know it's a different return that people will be keeping an eye on. And that is Mac Doherty's <laughs> return. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Yes. It is, of course, uh, Harry Kane uh, returning to the starting lineup or even uh, the substitute bench because, uh, as a time of recording, he hasn't obviously wasn't in part of the Tottenham squad that travelled to Portugal to face Pacos de Ferrer for the Europa Conference League match, um, but there is hope and optimism that he will be good to go for Sunday afternoon. I mean, even if Kane isn't fit to be in this squad, I think this Spurs team could still get the better of Wolves. Yeah, it's just that you know Wolves will be at home. Still relatively know mm. what their setup is. It's going to take a few weeks to fully understand what they're going to be like under Bruno Large. I'd sort of interested how Tottenham are going to deal with going to another ground that's having fans back mm. for the first time fully. Will yeah. they set up any differently? Who knows? And to be fair, though, Nuno Esperito should know how exactly that Wolves are going to line up because it's practically his squad apart from uh, the keepers change so 
and I don't know whether much from last week, like you said, it was only his first official game in charge. Could you see much tactical difference between the two managers realistically? So he's definitely going to be uh, very close-knitted, I think, this game. And atmosphere-wise, he'll know exactly what to do. What he, well, he'll know exactly what he's dealing with because, you know, he's the only one that's made them happy in the last century. Exactly, so... <laughs> It's definitely going to be a very interesting one. The absolute stand right, on um, McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> a quick run through for the rest of the fixtures this weekend. All the action gets underway on Saturday lunchtime as Liverpool host Burnley. Burnley, should I say? I don't know why I said you, that. You were said like Barnsley. I nearly... <laughs> like, don't we call them yeah. promoted? <laughs> I did nearly call them Barnsley. Uh, the three o'clock kickoff see Crystal Palace entertain Thomas Frank's Brentford we also have Leeds United is it weird that Everton. one then almost sounded like Bradford <laughs> <laughs> no that okay? one was definitely Brentford I'm good I definitely said Brentford for that one uh, and the final three o'clock kickoff sees Manchester City take on Norwich City and then half five sees Brighton and Hove Albion take on Watford As so if you're Norwich City you're bricking it Man City are out for blood <laughs> yeah um, elsewhere on Sunday we've already spoke about the two big games Wolves-Tottenham and Arsenal-Chelsea well, kicking off at the same time as Wolves-Tottenham is Southampton versus Manchester United and then the weekend wraps up on Monday Night Football as West Ham United welcome FA Cup winners Leicester City to the London Stadium which is could be a very good and entertaining first Monday Night Football of the season it certainly has that potential yeah mm. Right, uh, around the leagues this weekend, we see the return of the Italian league this weekend as Inter Milan look to uh, remain champions again of Syria as they take on Genoa on Saturday evening. Elsewhere, Juventus travel to Udinese on Sunday, whilst Napoli host a newly promoted side Venezia and Roma take on Fiorentina, which is definitely the pick of the games this weekend over in Italy. Uh, Bundesliga talk talk now and we had the uh, German Super Cup earlier on this week as Bayern Munich beat Borussia Dortmund 3-1 Did anyone care that Bayern Munich actually won? Because it just felt like all the talk was Marco Royce's goal Thunder bastard of a strike It's always nice seeing uh, Royce score goals for Dortmund Mr Borussia Dortmund you can say An actual player with loyalty Yes. Surprisingly, it's on for Bayern. <laughs> no, I don't think he ever would. Yeah. That man's going to retire a Dortmund player. Yeah. Erling Haaland, on the other hand. Potentially next summer. Um, quick look into the fixtures this weekend. Dortmund themselves travel to Freiburg on Saturday afternoon, whilst Leverkusen host Mönchengladbach on Saturday evening, and on Sunday, Bayern Munich host FC Cologne. In Liege 1, we could see the debut of Lionel Messi tonight as they uh, travel to Brest well, at 8 o'clock. We say tonight, it's when we're recording, which is the first day before release. <laughs> well, yeah, we record the day before uh, release, so tomorrow for us. Yeah, God tonight, knows why, in terms of here, we go. here we are. <laughs> yes, uh, so potentially Messi could make his debut in that feature elsewhere. Monaco hosts Lens, Lyon play Clermont. And Angers, who are currently top of the league, travel to Bordeaux. 
And finally, over in Spain this weekend, big game sees Barcelona travel to Bilbao as they take on Athletic Club on Saturday evening. On Sunday, Atletico Madrid host Elche, whilst Real Madrid travel to Levante. So some decent games to look forward to this weekend, definitely. Yeah, feels like it. Right, uh, it's time for oh, your oh, most dreaded it? moment. My most dreaded moment, is it? <laughs> yes, and the bit I enjoy the most, a.k.a. the Predictions League, is returning for the second week. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> don't know why I said that like it, of course it will, but every week. Yes, and as you mentioned last week, we are taking it in terms in uh, picking these fixtures, and this week it was my turn. So, the six games we have, obviously, are three from the Premier League and three from Europe. So, we will start off with, obviously, the big game this weekend in the Premier League, and that is Arsenal versus Chelsea. Hmm. Very interesting. It seems obvious just go for Chelsea but I can never be 100% in these things mm. I will say 3-1 to Chelsea I've gone with the exact same score line I think it will be 3-1 Chelsea oh, how original <laughs> yes next up I've gone for Crystal Palace versus Brentford Ooh. that's that's tough yeah Full Salas Park as well which will be Interesting. I'm going to go with a draw. Mm-hmm. I say one-one. Well, I'm now changing my prediction. Oh, this is this is normal. <laughs> well, I've changed mine. I'm going to go for Brentford to win two-one. We could go for the same. <laughs> you, no, you're going to look very stupid six... when it does end one-one. We're not having six exact score lines. I haven't wrote my damn. For... I'm just riffing. Yeah, I'm writing mine down whilst I'm waiting for you to say yours. That's the thing I'm doing. I'm waiting for you to do it, and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to write down. Uh, The final Premier League game I've gone for this weekend, it's another close battle, and it's Brighton versus Watford. I'm actually not going to take much time to something because I think Watford will win this (sighs) 1-0. Jesus wept. Are you reading my mind or something? (laughs) What the hell? I don't think we've never done this. Like I'm literally. Oh, it's alright. No, as soon sorry. that Darren Brown's phoning me, just needed. To... <laughs> Honest to God, that is really weird. Because as soon as I finished uh, saying it, I'm writing my school prediction down on my phone. So, yes, that is strange. Uh, the lottery numbers as well. Are you right? <laughs> please. Right, our first European game this week sees Roma host Fiorentina. I'm going to look you in the eyes. Just look, look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. Not around the eyes. <laughs> Roma, Fiorentina. Tammy Abraham's come off the bench. Fiorentina have Vlahovic as well. And Malinkovic staying. Right. Tutu. Okay, we haven't gone for a oh, same scoreline. <laughs> I've gone with uh, Roma to win 2-1. Next, we travel to Germany for Bayer Leverkusen versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. 
2-1 to Munchen Gladbach. Okay, I'm going to go with a Desmond 2-2. And our final game sees us travel to France as Nice take on Marseille. We'll say Nice will win 3 0. Nice win? Nice win 3 0. Did you say they battled Lille 4 0 last week? <laughs> yeah, that's because the manager knows exactly how they're playing. They're playing Jorge gone, San Paolo. <laughs> I've gone with 3 uh, 1 to Marseille. Mm. A reminder that it's uh, three points for a correct score, one point if we get the team right but the wrong score, and we get an extra point if. We outdo the opposition in fantasy football points. So, have you made any changes this week to your fantasy team? I've made one change. So, I have sold Kai Havertz. Okay. I was was very much in two minds. Does Iheanacho go? Does Havertz go? I decided Havertz and thinking Iheanacho could come good. Iheanacho goes to the bench because my 3-4-3... Is now a four four two, and I've added Mason Greenwood. Mm. I'm expecting goals this weekend in Southampton, Manchester United, and I think Mason Greenwood will offer that. Okay, but I have also had a change of Bruno Fernandez is now my captain. <laughs> You're not expecting Mo Salah to do Salah's anything this weekend, then? So I don't care. <laughs> Wait, who's your vice captain? It's now Greenwood. Things as my captain okay. in the last game, and light did come out for me. I need. I have to go with the just... more obvious one now. Yes, um, I've made the one I've, change myself. I um, really wanted Lukaku, but they've they've already made yeah. it expensive. That I'm I'm just very upset by that. <laughs> uh, one change I've made. It's not a transfer. It's just I've dropped Ben White to my bench and brought in Christoph Ayer. Just surely, purely because of what we were talking about in the prediction for the Arsenal-Chelsea game and Lukaku potentially making his debut, I feel like Christoph Ayer will have a much easier time against Crystal Palace's front line. And I am still risking Harry Kane. For now, it might change between now and uh, the first kickoff on Saturday. If Nuno comes out and says Kane isn't playing this weekend, I might then try and get another striker in. But at this minute, I'm sticking with yeah. Harry Kane up top I as well. I have made the other change as well. Aaron Cresswell is now off the bench and starting for me. As they take on yeah, Leicester my City. now Reese James, Van Dijk, Luke Shaw and Cresswell. Not bad. And obviously I've still kept Mo Seller as captain and Bruno Fernandes as vice-captain. Which definitely served me well last week. And let's hope we continue it's this like, week. It's a very rare week when 58 <laughs> is... Worse than the average. Like it's yes. <laughs> right. Um, anything else before we leave? Before we leave? Yes. You're forgetting something. No. Are you sure you're not forgetting anything? I'm just hoping you lead into you're it well enough. I lead into what I call the greatest segment of this podcast. Unless you do want to leave because, you know, you don't like this segment. Please don't. Please stay around. That, that's beautiful news because it means I get to play this. Oh, he missed it! I do not believe what I've just seen! Very interesting! Oh! Something weird is going on. 
as ever good as gold good that is. I could have changed it up, but I decided not to in the end. Yes. Uh, the only bit of did you see well, that news hey, that I have this season, week? You've got is... to explain it to the new people. What is this? Yes. So this is where we see random stories from around the world of football that make us laugh. If you've got any suggestions, just let us know by dropping us a message on Twitter or uh, email as well. And this week, it's not a funny moment, but it's an incredible story. And it comes from the NWSL team, Portland Thorns. So yesterday, last night, they played in a Women's International Champions Cup for the very first time against the Houston Dash. Weird names in the NWSL. Just American teams for you. And to tie the match, to make it 2-2, was 15-year-old Olivia Moultrie scoring a free kick. 15 years old. I'm failing. I failed at life. I've already realised that yeah. you're just so far behind. The Olympics already made me feel like that when there's 13-year-olds winning gold medals. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's the way to feel old when you see this stuff happening. But, yeah, incredible for Olivia Moultrie. Uh, she's obviously been in a lot of the news in women's football at the start of this year due to legal battles with the league trying to get her to play. Obviously, they've now allowed her to play. And then, yeah, she scored her very first professional goal at the age of 15. She doesn't turn 16 until mid-September. She's coming for the Miedemar records. <laughs> Jesus Christ, let's... Uh, oh, that's going to be incredible to see. Well, right. if there's... I guess one that I could add, it's going to be irrelevant what I thought on this podcast is out. But the video released by... How do you say? I've always called them Pacos de Ferreira, but I oh, know that's not how you say it now. I said that earlier. I called them Pacos de Ferreira. There's a difference there, but we're calling them Pacos de Ferreira. We're sorry, okay? Yes, the Portuguese Please go watch their funny video when they realised they were going to be playing Tottenham in the Conference League game, which is... Well, it would have happened by the time this podcast is released. Just... Yes. Oh, I think they're confident. (laughs) It's going to be so awkward if they've lost. Just a tad. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I don't know what was more Uh-oh. weird, just the thought they had of the whole thing, or the fact that their mascot is a giant beaver. <laughs> it was a beaver, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it a beaver? It definitely looked like a beaver. I mean, I'm no animal uh, conservationist, but yeah, it definitely look looked Steve like early. a beaver to me. No, you're alive. I got the for accent. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh for God's sake! Why did that have to come out? Oh, yeah, I can't do full Steve Irwin proper Aussie. <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> yes, uh, shut up for the love of God. Right, we'll be back at the start of next week to wrap up all the Premier League and t- talking points from around the world of football. And until then, make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Download us on your local uh listening devices and make sure you give us a five star rating and until monday it is goodbye from brad see ya and goodbye from me we'll see you soon